You are listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast, the weekly show where we take a look at some epic marketing failures, along with some pretty amazing brand rescues and comebacks. And now your hosts, Nico and Chad. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Are you a Snoop Dogg fan? Ooh. I did listen to some Snoop Dogg back in the day. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm his greatest fan, but I can appreciate his work. What Guinness World Record do you think he holds? Hmm. And I would just like to point that we're an age-appropriate podcast, so... <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably going to be something either marijuana-related <laughs> or music-related. Let's say it's music-related, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. That's a good guess. On May 28th, 2018, at the Bottle Rock Napa Festival in California, he concocted the world's largest paradise drink, which is a cocktail. That's usually Hendrix gin and apricot brandy and orange juice. He used 180 bottles of Hendrix gin, 154 bottles of apricot brandy in a 38-liter jug of orange juice with a massive straw that's like nine feet high, a beautiful little garnish and floating pineapples and melons inside of the drink. And that got him with the Guinness World Record. I feel like with the Guinness Book, the bar is very low in terms of the types of things that you can enter into it. I've bought the book for our kids because I grew up with the book and I always thought it was just every year getting the new one. Yeah. So we've been reading it from time to time. And when we get to a guy that put the most teaspoons in his mouth or whatever it might be, very often my six-year-old Emerson, you would just like look at me and he'll say, but why is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's such, a, it's such a good question. And he's not saying to be funny. He just really wants to know why they are doing that. Yeah. It's a good question. So I know the bar can be pretty low. Some people just have a lot of free time. Yeah. It was 132 US gallons in the end, the drink that they distributed to all the fans. We'll throw some images of that for you guys in the show notes because it is definitely interesting to look at. For sure. Well, speaking of music, some of our listeners, maybe our younger listeners may not have been around during this time, but I'd like you all to imagine that it's the spring of 1977, and the iconic Fleetwood Mac has released its 11th studio album, Rumors. The album is released on March 24th, which was a Thursday that year. By the end of the week, Rumors held the top spot on eight different charts, including US Billboard and the UK Albums chart. Yeah, it's amazing music. I'm a great fan. I love the music. Oh, absolutely love Fleetwood Mac. And Stevie Nicks, her solo career, just amazing. And by the end of that same week, the one song that held the top spot on two charts, including the Canadian top singles and the US Billboard Hot 100, was Dreams. Mm. The song eventually fell out of the top charts, as all songs eventually do. And it's been a little over 40 years since the song was released. But if you have any kind of social media, if you haven't been in a cave or under a rock, <laughs> if you watch any TV or read the New York Times or Forbes, you may have heard about it recently. And if that's the case, you also probably saw Nathan Apodaca, whose username is Dogface208. It's a great username, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
He uploads a video to TikTok on September 25th of himself skateboarding to Fleetwood Mac's dreams while drinking from a bottle of ocean spray cranberry raspberry juice. And the video went viral and had over 61 million views as of October 20th. So what does Apodaca's viral video do for him for dreams and ocean spray? And how do short form or viral videos impact marketing is what we're going to unpack today. Yeah. And if you know the market and you hear this, you just scratch your head, right? You're just like, how can one 22 second video completely change somebody's life and have real monetary impact on a whole array of brands, people, and platforms around that 22 second video? And we're not going to be talking about why it's viral and, and what it is. And I think that's been beaten up a lot. Yep. To your point, I think it's really interesting just to look at all the different aspects of how this is influenced. Let's talk about the response first. Everybody's seen the video. And I think there's also a reason why now this did so well. It's 22 seconds long. And really, it's basically bringing forward what people want right now. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, because you don't have an account on TikTok, you can also find it on YouTube and everything else. And we'll obviously link it in the show notes. But the video got so many responses and most of them were wholesome as Apodaka's video itself. It just looks like a <laughs> lovable guy. I don't know how else to explain it. I was going to say yeah. that he's dogface208 username. doesn't amplify that, but he looks pretty wholesome. And Maybe his username should have been teddybear208. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it inspired many remakes of the video. And obviously that's what TikTok is all about. And many of them also on TikTok. And the content was a much needed break from the negativity barrage of the elections and about the coronavirus. And we're just like, 2020 has been the year of negativity and we all a little bit shell-shocked. And to see this 22 second video and the responses of it just makes people feel happy. Yeah, And I think that's part of the reason why it went so viral but we're not going to get into that aspect today. All the remakes brought up a new surge in popularity of the song Dreams. I saw the video and literally I've been listening to Dreams driving in my car to the grocery (laughs) store because I just remembered, oh, that's an amazing song that I really, really like, but I haven't heard it or I kind of like forgot about it. Yeah. And this prompted Mick Fleetwood himself to create a TikTok video. Fleetwood created a video on October 4th for the sole purpose of posting a recreation of Apodaka's video, which we'll also link in the show notes. And he wasn't the only one. So Stevie Nicks joins the platform on October 14th, specifically to post a video of her own in response. She might not be cruising down the road like Apodaca and Fleetwood, but she can be seen sitting at a piano and lacing up a pair of roller skates with a bottle of ocean spray in the background, just still perfectly capturing the mood and the vibe. It's really, really great stuff. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. And members of Fleetwood Mac weren't the only ones to respond to Apodaca's viral video. It became this TikTok challenge, even though Apodaca never meant it as a challenge. He was just 
in a mood. He was going to work and he was going through a tough time. His car had broken down and he's like, hey, I'm going to skateboard to work and I'm just going to choose to be positive and I'm just going to still feel good and I'm going to vibe to my song. And so he didn't do it as a challenge, but celebrities of all walks and regular people, just everybody starts jumping in and piling on, trying to get a little piece of that positivity that he has. And so then Ocean Spray reaches out to Apodaca on September 29th, just four days after he posts the video. But Ocean Spray's first public response didn't come all the way until October 6th. The stage was certainly set for Ocean Spray to jump in and acknowledge that their juice had inadvertently acquired global fame by responding to the video sooner. But instead, the brand played it cool. Yeah, which I think is smart to first let it build up steam organically before they start harvesting the awareness from it. Because otherwise, it's a lot of the secondary content creators, they wouldn't have jumped on the bandwagon because they wouldn't want to be associated with the brand. So they planned and organized their response while the meme unfolded naturally and gained more and more popularity online. To your point, two days after Mick Fleetwork himself had already joined the hypes running the video, Ocean Spray's CEO, Tom Hayes, joined TikTok as well, posting a recreation of the video himself, which I think is pretty cool. And the caption read, did we just become friends? Question mark. And he tagged Apodaka in it. So the video was represented as Hayes' response the CEO, but not the company per se. What is considered the company's response came the day after October 7th. And it wasn't an ad or a commercial like the one TikTok's made, which we'll talk about in a minute. Instead, Ocean Spray responded with a gesture of thanks. They heard that his car broke down and he had to use his longboard to go to the factory where he was working. So Ocean Spray gifted Apodaca a cranberry red truck stocked full of Ocean Spray cranberry juice. And Hayes, the CEO, said, quote, when I first saw Nathan's video, I knew Ocean Spray wanted to help. Sure, the gift was obviously a major marketing coup for Ocean Spray, right? At a time where every business is looking for ways to boost its signal without breaking the bank. But Christina Fursley, Ocean Spray's head of global corporate affairs and communication, when asked, wasn't there an element of being shrewd and claiming this as a marketing opportunity? She told Entrepreneur, quote, the way we're actually looking at marketing is from that authentic lens. So yes, we are so delighted and grateful for the positive spotlight that this viral video put on our product. What we're trying to do from a marketing perspective is use that authenticity to organically engage with consumers in a meaningful way. And we are trying to optimize our marketing strategies in real time to foster more of a two-way dialogue with a younger audience. So this might be indicative of Ocean Spray plotting a long-term marketing strategy, but it also speaks to the immediate effects of this viral video and the ability of Ocean Spray to understand how people want to engage with marketing and the critical role of authenticity in marketing today. Yeah, and that immediate effect's huge, right? After Apodaca's video, Fleetwood Mac's dream soared back into the top 100 charts, making it number one in iTunes. That's real. That's a real monetary <laughs> yeah. effect from this. And in the week 
following Apodaca's video, the song was streamed 8.47 million times in the US alone, earning the highest ever streaming numbers in the US 43 years after it was initially released. Jeez. So again, it's a real impact that it had, all thanks to a man cruising on the highway, sipping ocean spray on his skateboard. You know, as for the immediate effect on ocean spray, what happened with them? Well, if a company giving a truck to someone doesn't strike you as something that makes total sense, it might make more sense when you consider what Apodaca's video did for Ocean Spray. Ocean Spray was in a situation where, you know, they're this very large company, $2 billion a year in revenue. They've been very successful. But in 2020, they start having some challenges. In January... Ocean Spray settled a class action lawsuit that claimed its products were misleading in advertising and that they do not contain artificial flavors since they contain malic acid and fumaric acid. And the company paid out $5.4 million. And then a month later in February 2020, Ocean Spray fires its president and CEO, Bobby Chaco, for violating the company's harassment policy. So they're starting to come into some turmoil and they have this amazing opportunity come up where they can kind of regain the goodwill that they previously had. And so Nathan Apodaca posts a video, likely just not expecting anything to come from it. And as a result, Ocean Spray's stock value practically doubles Wow! almost overnight. And... What did Ocean Spray have to do? Nothing. They didn't have to do anything. So gifting the man who inadvertently gave them this new success, this breath of fresh air that they desperately needed, and kind of get back some good karma by helping him experience some benefit from this as well, seems both reasonable and fair and like just the right smart thing to do, regardless of the PR benefits, but certainly there were a lot of benefits to Ocean Spray for doing this. And the way that they did it with this direct message from the CEO on a skateboard, buttoned down, right? Just as authentic and just as sincere. The way that they handled the reaction really helped them ride the authenticity wave versus trying to turn it into an ad, yeah. And I think that's just really important. It's really important, but also really difficult to do because to go out and create this 22 second video in anticipation of this happening, this is like the tip of a spear of a big campaign is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they jumped on this so quickly is smart, but everything we just covered right now is just what has happened. And again, I don't want to go into why it went viral and what is viral marketing. But why don't we talk about why this is important and break it down into why it's important for everybody, for me and for you and people that don't even interact with the brand and why it's important for Apodaca and then why it's important for Ocean Spray and the benefit that we get from this type of success that's not directly associated with us. So Apodaca's video and its response can be considered important because of how generally terrible the past year has been, right? We need something good. Yeah. Events from late 2019 to the present have promoted very consumers to seek positive and uplifting content 
And we want to interact with things that make us happy on an everyday life and not be bombarded by the election and the coronavirus, which are two really important things. We can't ignore them. You know, I know you and I talk about this all the time. We want to ignore them, but we can't. You know, so fueled by COVID-19, there has also been a noticeable uptick in desire to feel more inclusive and the realness and storytelling. We want to interact with content that makes us feel good. And I do think brands should play that role as well, because all the messaging around us is fueled by marketing, is fueled by brands, right? So they have a responsibility to help us during this troubling time that we all find ourselves in. And with many people working from home, storytelling has started to take on a new form. Those new forms expand from the hilarious to the lightheartedness to educational to meaningful and even life-changing. These new forms of storytelling can also include creating or expanding mediums such as podcasts. You and I started this podcast in the beginning of COVID Mm -hmm. and short form videos on platforms like TikTok. And I think all of this circumstantial influences around us has created this stage where a 22 second video can change the world and have severe impact in a very positive way in a lot of different people. So that's how I think it's benefit all of us. How do you think this has benefited Fleetwood Mac? For Fleetwood Mac, obviously they've been successful. There's no arguing the fact that they've had amazing careers, created exceptional music, and they are what they are. They don't need any help in that sense. However, as music ages and becomes less relevant in the current cultural context, music and art in general is how we contextualize and process what's going on in the world around us. Yeah. And that's why art in general is just so important. And songs like Dreams perfectly capture kind of the fatigue that we're going through right now as a nation, as a world, and the hopes and desires that we have. And so bringing some of that older music to be more relevant, I think, was so amazing because it is very relevant to our time. And this old music that's experiencing revival and resurgence on the top of the charts has really started to become a common theme because some of that older music is so raw and so real and so empathetic and so authentic that it just resonates today so much more deeply than a lot of the songs that are about dancing at the club and all the kind of stuff that's like kind of typical standard fare and pop music now. And so beyond the dense library of like bite-sized memes, TikTok is actually becoming known for the way it impacts popular music. An example of that is Lil Nas X with Old Town Road and its many, many remixes became the longest reigning Billboard Hot 100 number one in the charts history after initially going viral on TikTok. And TikTok has actually become more essential to music creators than video creators. And they're influencing all types of popular music and not just new music or in specific niches. You know, Fleetwood Mac is an example of Gen Z TikTokers connecting with 
boomer songs. Yeah. But other bands and musicians have experienced varying levels of revitalization as well. For example, Britney Spears' 2011 hit Criminal got just over 100,000 listens in one day on April 12th in 2019 because of a trend in TikTok. And this is in April of 2019 before TikTok really came into the mainstream. Yeah. So viral videos like Apodacas, I think they just demonstrate how platforms like TikTok have this way of exposing younger audiences to music and to media and to art from past decades that they may not have otherwise been exposed to, but really speak to what people are going through in their lives at a specific point in time, sometimes even in more powerful ways than the current art does. Yeah. And then why is it important for for Nathan, Mr. Apodaka, the fact that his video went very viral, you can obviously say that he's benefited from it, and it's very obvious. You know, he specifically benefited from his viral video with Ocean Spray when they gifted him a brand new vehicle because at the time that's what he needed. But he also benefited professionally. So, according to entrepreneur Apodaka, now as an agent, and he hopes to use his viral momentum to turn his flash success into something much bigger. And I was on TikTok yesterday doing some research for today's recording. And all these videos has like 500,000 views, 300,000 views. And it's just him like walking to his truck because people just want that feel good videos. It's not about COVID or, or the election. So Apodaka isn't the only one to achieve fame from accidentally becoming a meme. And we've seen this over the years, right? Do you remember Bad Luck Brian, which became popular in 2012? when Brian's friend uploaded a yearbook photograph. And if you see the photograph, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Or there's another one about the success kid meme that gained popularity on MySpace in 2008 and over-attached girlfriend meme that originated in YouTube in 2012. And obviously people have been getting famous by by becoming memes, right. sometimes to their advantage and sometimes to their disadvantage. That's certainly not new, but this year, three of the most followed users on TikTok signed off-platform deals. 16-year-old Charlie D'Amelio, of course, TikTok's most famous and followed creator in terms of TikTok-specific celebrity, and her 19-year-old sister Dixie, who rivals Will Smith in TikTok followers, announced a makeup line with Morphe this year. And 20-year-old Addison Ray, TikTok's second most followed creator, announced a Spotify-exclusive podcast that will be co-hosted with her mom. And users like D'Amelio and Ray create content on platforms like TikTok trying to get recognition, whereas users like Apodaca kind of stumble across fame on accident. And now he's starting to work on all these brand opportunities that are falling in his lap. He actually... Is on Cameo now, wow. where you can basically pay to receive a video message, a quick video message from Nathan Apodaca and have him personalize something for you or your friends, a happy birthday or a good vibes wish or something like that. He's really taking off from this. All right. And why is this important to Ocean Spray? What's important to Ocean Spray and all companies wanting to stay engaged with their consumers and remain reactive is that all platforms like TikTok and arguably only TikTok are changing how companies interact with consumers. 
And I think that's true when there's any new social media platform that launches. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to figure out a way of how to get there because the consumers get there first. And if you do that wrong, you can really add it into your brand, as we've seen a hundred gazillion times. These viral video and his response are a example of why companies might connect with brand ambassadors. We're just everyday consumers by listening to social media conversations and reacting with responses and kudos, which we saw that Ocean Spray did here really well. What was important for Ocean Spray specifically is that Ocean Spray and Dreams event is that Apodaca wasn't the only one who benefited from the increased demand of cranberry juice. The fact that they doubled their stock price, Mm. I just looked at it, it's 112% for the last 30 days. It is just crazy. And what you also got to remember here is that Ocean Spray is actually a co-op owned by more than 500 cranberry growers in the US, Canada, and in Chile. So they all benefit from this as well. Wow. So his viral video doesn't just help Fleetwood Mac, doesn't just help Ocean Spray and himself. It's having these massive ripple effects and is benefiting these farmers in a way that wouldn't have been possible without the platform. So TikTok as a platform is such a unique opportunity for users and such a unique environment through which consumer and brand interactions like this can happen in a way that wouldn't normally be possible. So if the Ocean Spray Dreams situation were an equation, its factors would include Apodaca, Ocean Spray, Fleetwood Mac, and TikTok. I mean, Dreams had already hit number one on iTunes by the time Mick Fleetwood and Stevie Nicks joined and posted their recreation videos. They could have easily just enjoyed the boost and gone without replying, but they chose to do so anyway. So TikTok is the only entity in this whole equation that doesn't necessarily receive an immediate benefit from the viral video. I mean, they have different videos of all different types kind of going viral on the platform itself very frequently. And rather than just kind of inadvertently benefiting from a happy accident... Like the rest, TikTok had to put in the legwork to see any kind of gain from the video. So wanting to highlight its contribution as the platform that brought it all together, TikTok's initial reaction to Apodaca's popular video wasn't to give him a truck full of cranberry juice, right? Instead, TikTok incorporates the video into its most recent marketing campaign. They produce a commercial that features the original TikTok video with a number of the copycat videos animating in on either side of Apodaca's version in the center. Yeah, and the commercial was set to run at the MLB playoff games and the National Basketball Association finals and through all digital channels. So this is a big buy. While maybe less wholesome or personal than Fleetwood Mac or Ocean Spray's response, the ad does serve as further promotion for both the brand and the band and Apodaca. Besides, TikTok could really use the goodwill because, as you know, there's a fight going on with Trump and ByteDance, which is the Chinese-based holding company. But I think it's I think Oracle stepped in now to be their data partner. So... It seems that they're going to survive, at least for now, but this really helps the platform from a credibility standpoint. So their global marketing campaign, it starts on TikTok, really amplifies what we've seen happen here with Apodaga's video. 
And whether viral success is a happy accident or just a result of creating content with the goal of getting recognition, at the end of the day, both of them lead to connectivity. And that connectivity gives consumers and companies an equal opportunity for overnight success, which is kind of the interesting thing that there's kind of this balance of powers that's going on here, kind of an equal access to opportunity, while also creating a space for mutually beneficial relationships between consumers and companies Mm -hmm. without all of the red tape. And when you think about this, the way that Ocean Spray responded, typically you have a marketing budget. Right. And you have a media plan and you have all of these things that are booked out for the year. Ocean Spray responded in such an agile manner to this opportunity because they recognize that some things are more important than managing to the numbers. And that's one of the things that we've also seen that when you have an opportunity that is a really good opportunity, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes managing to the ultimate ROI and profitability of saving your money because you already have your budget allocated within your plan is not always the right thing to do. And whether it's TikTok or other social media platforms, every company needs to really understand each platform. They need to be engaged. They need to be involved. You can't Be an ostrich and put your head in the sand and pretend it's not going on all around you because those areas are where you actually connect with people in a much more meaningful way. And you have to follow your users where they are. And in such casual formats, you're having to act much less like brands and more like people. So when we think about the CEO Hayes, how many CEOs of $2 billion companies are willing to put a mobile phone video of them skateboarding and tagging a random internet user as, hey, can we be best friends? Like hardly any, right? Yeah. And in some cases, those brands you talk about that should act like people, very often they need to act like teenagers, right? That's their audience. So the way that they reacted to their dose of sudden attention, I'm talking about Ocean Spray specifically now, They did it with grace. And there are plenty of other brands out there that does this really well off the cuff. I can like think of Dunkin' Donuts, Twitter handle, super smart, super media savvy, their brand account. Or recently, Wendy's Twitter account launched a video of a TikTok user, Rebecca Seals. And she's on a skateboard or on roller skates, and she's copying this entire video, but she's dressed like Wendy, the mascot from Wendy's, and she's drinking ocean spray through a Wendy's cup. And then the caption just reads feeling frosty with the same Fleetwood Mac music and playing in the background, the exact same take. (laughs) So this has had such a ripple effect across the board as we think of him, the brand, the company, other brands, 22 seconds video. Yeah, it's incredible. So what can we learn from that? We've already talked about it, but the spaces for mutually beneficial relationships between consumers and companies just haven't really existed in the past, right? Like it would take a lot of very difficult research and outreach to do a collaboration. And there's this formal process and our people will reach out to your people. And it's this very complex thing. And now it's just, you have immediate access as an individual to companies and as companies to individuals. And there is something to be said about that kind of controlled chaos of TikTok where anything can happen and you can 
really ride that energy and that wave in a positive or negative way, however you choose to respond. And I think what we're seeing now more than ever is that, well, algorithms are important and still contribute to success in platforms, whether it's Google or Facebook or whatever the case might be, that it's the connection, authenticity, and relationships that are built with people Mm. that really drive the results. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, as a brand, think beyond the algorithm and think about what's actually going to connect people. Think beyond the technology. Absolutely. 100%. And so to be reactive as a company and to be agile, to respond in that personal way requires a purposeful decision to change the way that you approach marketing, to change the way you approach media buying. And you can't always manufacture this stuff. There's no way that Ocean Spray could have seen this coming, but they were ready when it did. And that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they reach out to him within four days after the video and then set off this whole chain of PR bliss afterwards, I mean... Four days doesn't sound long, but you and I work with big mega brands. Four days is really quick for a brand to move. Yeah, it speaks to an existing capability. Yeah, exactly. And also stories like this just got to show that we as marketers really need to pay attention to the community, noticing the nuances of the craft, the innovation and the creative collaboration, particularly in these short little 22 second videos that's out there. I think a lot of people, to your point, they put their head in the sand and they kind of like ignore it. but you need to be able to harvest it really fast. We've created for a lot of our clients in the past, like a two minute drill or a five minute drill, which is a process of how to respond to negative PR or positive PR, you know, to have a plan in place where you can just like execute and jump, you know, what's going to happen and the set of criteria that triggers that process. And in their quick response, Ocean Spray really demonstrated the importance of reacting and timing as well as being sincere and being authentic and how an engaging online presence can help a brand meet short-term goals while simultaneously benefiting the company in the long run. And that sounds easy, but it's super hard to do. Just engaging with the customer through a transparent lens versus hiding behind the algorithm, like you just said, it's a great quote, trying to tweak the algorithm, trying to have the perfect amount of hashtags, trying to have the correct metadata, trying to have, these are all things that marketers hide behind because they lack the authenticity of the brand connection between the customer and the brand. Man, you and I talk about this all the time. We constantly see marketers optimize the algorithms and marketers hiding behind the technology and forgetting where they come from, having a meaningful connection between a brand and yes, using technology to facilitate that connection, but not creating the connection through optimizing the technology. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about paying attention, that marketers need to pay attention to what's going on in these communities Like that's such a critical, important concept that is difficult to really understand. There's this book that I've been reading with my kids at night called The City of Ember. It's a book series geared towards like third graders, third to fourth grade kind of thing. And I'll spare you the details of the 
premise of the book, but in the book, there's a character who is trying to save his community and has to like escape from this area. And his dad tells him, look for the things that no one else is seeing. Look for the things that people aren't willing to spend the time to look for. And that's where you'll find what you need to find. And of course, that's how he discovers this secret that allows him to escape this situation and save this city in this book. And it makes me think of this story, and I I wish I could remember who it was, but I had read an article that was talking about this concept and how there was this kind of young advertising creative, and she would, when she first got into the industry, you know, she did what we all do in advertising, which is work really hard to meet our deadlines and please our clients. And so she'd work these really long hours and she'd work over the weekends trying to get that deck just right or the creative just right. And she tells this story of this super influential pivotal point in her career where her manager came to her and said, you have to stop. You have to stop working over the weekend and you need to go out and you need to be in the world. How can you understand what is going to resonate and what people care about if you're not in it, if you're not observing it, if you're not participating in it. There's no way that you'll be able to connect with people if you are not connecting with people. And so he kind of like reined her in. And I just thought that was such an impactful lesson for agency people or really just in general for marketers that to understand our audience, we have to actually connect with them. Hiding behind personas and market research is not enough. Well said, Chad. Well said. All right, guys, we'll speak to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Marketing Rescue Podcast. This show is hosted by Nico Katsia and Chad Childress, the co-founders of KPI Agency, a marketing rescue agency. Be sure to visit marketingrescuepodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, contact the hosts, and discover fantastic bonus content.